वो बोलते हैं कि जो आम है वो फलों का राजा है इसको इसको ऐसा नाम दिया हुआ है इंडिया में जो फलों का राजा है वो आम है तो इस तरीके से मतलब इसका नाम आम होता है Hi everyone and welcome to a very different kind of episode here at No Talking at All with me, Apeksha. If you've ever had the opportunity to learn the Hindi alphabet, you'll know that we usually start with the vowels. And every single letter is accompanied with a word to help you sound it out. With the vowels, we have 13. The first one is a, which we usually associate with anar, pomegranate, and the second one is possibly the most important one in the scope of this episode. Ah, the long a sound and the word that it matches up with, um, mango. If you live in India or you've ever been here during the summer months, you know that mangoes are a pretty big deal. They found their way into our music, our art, and definitely our bellies. This episode includes an ensemble of guests, all from my family who've been cooped up in my household during the pandemic. And I asked everyone to give me a little insight into their experiences with mango. This episode's also a little bit unique in that it is bilingual. My grandparents made their contributions to this conversation in Hindi, and I'll do my best to translate along the way so that if you're not a native Hindi speaker, you'll be able to follow along just fine. With that, let's get into it. Okay, so mom, how many different kinds of mangoes can you think of? Just rapid fire. I'll give you like 10 seconds. Just name any that come to your head. Oh my god, there's so many. I shall I start the joke? Sure, go ahead. So there was this uh, very famous joke about uh, uh, somebody, you know, uh, who was talking about the number of fruits. Uh, you know, they were competing from two different countries. A person there, whoever that was, whether it was a prime minister or somebody asked the politician is like well you know um india is supposed to be a land of uh, amazing uh, abundance so i'd love to talk about the various fruits that you have there uh, one person said that you know uh, okay you name a, i mean we'll name a fruit in our country right it was an indian and let's say uh, a russian just another guy like uh, somebody from another country so the uh, russian guy says let's say plum so india indian guy says um langra langra mango So the person mentioned is like, well, we have the banana, and this person like, well, we have the Alfonso mango. So then this guy goes orange. So the India guy goes Neelam mango. So every fruit that was mentioned by the the Britisher, this politician mentioned a variety of mango. So then finally the politician is like, well, dude, you're only talking about mangoes, right? Aren't there any other fruits? He goes, let me get to the mangoes first, then we'll get to the other fruits. There are very few people who wouldn't enjoy mangoes. Um, it is so. Um, it, it is considered the king of fruits. Just like a person living in the polar region, they have different words for snow mm-hmm. because again they have seen so many different varieties. We just say there's one word for snow in Hindi, baraf. But uh, probably somebody who's living in Alaska or, or the polar region, they probably have fifty words. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing with mangoes. Would you believe me if I told you that they took those interviews completely separately and somehow managed to tell the exact same joke? 
Whatever that means, I can tell you that that story is no exaggeration. Even if I just try to think of the different kinds of mangoes that I'm aware of, I'm sure I couldn't come up with that many. Let's give it a shot. Safeda, uh, Alfonso, they already said, Neelam, Badami, Chalsa, Malika, Dasheri, they said Langra as well. Uh, there's Totapuri, which looks like a parrot's beak. Uh, did I say Kesari already? Bangampali? Anyway, I don't think I could come up with that many. But there are over 1,500 varieties in India, and over 1,000 are available commercially. You know, when we talk about mango season, so it's also interesting to see that mango is just, it's not just the same variety yeah. uh, that comes like throughout the, uh, you know, the mango season, which is like uh, in, in uh, Bangalore, uh, southern India, it starts a little earlier because, uh, you know, the spring and the summer also start a little earlier. So typically from March, you start getting these mangoes. So March through, let's say, when June, July or whatever. But, you know, it's very interesting to see the shift. Very early on, you don't get... Uh, you know, the mangoes are not that delicious then they start you know you get the different varieties and they change like neelam is a mango which is like the last of the season it comes towards the end so you won't get to see it till um uh, till the end right but so that's why you have to see what to pick what variety to pick yeah you know what what's time. what's ready and what's, what's probably not, yeah. like a like a trick and in our household unfortunately i think what everybody else gets to eat is decided by me because <laughs> i'm the one who's placing these orders and I've you know I've discovered um, some farms uh, organic farms where they, they uh, grow and harvest these mangoes uh, that's what I did last year and I started getting these exceptional quality mangoes something that we had never even experienced before technology has brought uh, these things to us even like in more uh, ways than just you know going to the supermarket or getting it from your regular grocery store now you have uh, started sourcing mangoes from these um, uh, you know different locations where, where they could be like a few hundred kilometers and the, you get them f you know fresh from the farm with those boxes uh, delivered to your house. What kind of uh, varieties do we have growing in our backyard? So one is I think Malika which is um, uh, it's a mix of uh, the sherry and Neelam. Okay. Uh, and the other is I believe it's Badami which is like also called the uh, Karnataka Alfonso. While I was talking to Abide, interviewing him for this episode, I recounted the first time that I realized there were so many varieties of mango. Do you remember um, when we were younger, there's a huge botanical garden in Bangalore, Lalba Gardens. Mm, I and, think so. And this was when Dadu came to visit once uh, and there was a huge mango festival going on. And Lalbagh is pretty far from our house. Mm -hmm. I think I've only ever been there twice or thrice in my life, like on school field trips and for this. But we took like the Innova and went there. And there were probably stalls with like 30 to 40 different kinds of mangoes available. Mm. So every year in Bangalore, there's this famous botanical garden called Lalbagh, which proudly showcases and uh, you know sells different varieties of mangoes. It happens typically in the month of um, May or June. Or and they something. invite vendors from They invite around. vendors from various places, yeah. So I remember uh, uh, we went with Bapu and Mami. Uh, this was about uh, yeah 10 years ago. We took a trip there, more than 10 years ago. And we were, you know, my uh, father, Bapu, was a... Uh, I think... Uh, I've never seen anybody enjoy mango as much as he did, you know. He was really, really... I used to love, uh, ardent lover of mango. So he, we, we went together and we were just blown away by the what we saw there. 
and I am not kidding if I say, you know, I think we must have brought home 50 kgs of mangoes or maybe more. I can't remember how much and how many different varieties. And we came home and, you know, we started making like amras, we were like doing all that different. We went crazy. Uh, but that was like a very, very memorable memory of, you know, us going and shopping for our favorite fruit together uh, and picking, you know, um, like right from the vendors and the people who own farms and, and you know. Yeah, um, I think it's, it's like in the U.S. when we would go berry picking. Yes. A lot of yeah. people go apple picking. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what it's like here. Everyone is hype. If you have your own tree, amazing. People will go find trees to pick. Obviously, now it's a little bit more regulated. Like, I don't think you could just go to a random tree and just pick. But, you know, you can fix a deal and go pick out your own mangoes. Um, but like mom said, there's so many places to go. If you're picking all your mangoes in one place, you're kind of missing out on the other varieties that are available to you. Even when we were in Hyderabad, we had that family friend who had their own kind of mango tree uh you know, orchard or whatever yeah. you'd call it, grove. Um, and we would go and just load our car. Lo our pantry was just overflowing with mangoes. <laughs> that tracks, yeah. And I feel like everyone gets a little bit plump in the face. Like, you can tell. You yeah, can no, eat. exactly. Everyone gets into it. And it's actually really funny because there's so many things that we think are normal about mango season that, like, uh, when you asked before, like, how would I explain mango season? And it's, well, you didn't say this, but, like, some of its idiosyncrasies maybe to someone who's not familiar with it. Some of these things are not pop. They're only coming to my mind as we keep on speaking because I'm realizing these are not normal. Yeah. And that's having a like a giant pile of mangoes literally overflowing in your kitchen. And I remember I remember this like every year and just thinking, oh, that's awesome. It's the mango pile. <laughs> if I ever want a mango, I just go and grab a mango. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you couldn't even reach inside the pantry to get something else because there were just so many mangoes on the ground. No, exactly. Actually, you know, one time what I did, um, I don't know if you remember, but when we were younger, we went to some kind of theme park and we got those like reacher grabbers, which you like squeeze it and it's like a T-Rex head that grabs. Yeah, yeah. I tried using one of those to like get a chips pack as a kid and I just gave up halfway through and I ate a mango instead. <laughs> Honestly, probably a better choice. <laughs> All right, listeners, I'll say it before you say it. We eat a lot of mangoes, and we're not the only family that does that. Because they only come once a year in full swing, we tend to eat as many as we can physically cram into our diets. As for the varieties of mango, there's enough difference between the varieties that we talk about them distinctly. Alfonso mangoes are classic, big, sweet. Safeda mangoes are delicately flavored, a little whiter on the inside, but super super sweet and then of course there's the miraculous amazing jossa um i'll let my dad talk about this one first i think the earliest memory i have of mangoes is when we were in delhi and um, you know mangoes used to come of course in the summertime and uh, and the kind of mangoes i really enjoyed were the ones that you uh, kind of make soft by massaging them and then you suck the juice out of them uh, Those were my favorite and uh, the way we used to eat them was uh, We would take a, a bucket of water put some ice in it. So it became really cold Put the mangoes in there and once they were cold just pick them up and start doing this thing So it's, there's a whole art to doing that It's not as simple as picking it up and cutting it. It's picking it up. You're selecting the right one then you massaging it in just the right way so that all the juice is there. Then you take off the little part where the stem is attached. And then you put that to your mouth and you squeeze and the juice goes in your mouth. 
that was an absolutely amazing experience. Uh, and I remember just being so fond of it. This tradition isn't stuck in my dad's childhood, of course. We still do this today. In fact, it was kind of passed down by my grandfather to my dad and to my brother and myself. In fact, when I asked Abide about his early mango memories, a very similar story came up. Our grandfather, used, uh, he visited, I think it was some point in 2006 or seven, And he taught me then that if you take like a small mango that was, um, I think it was slightly unripe, and you just kind of press it around the sides and you kind of keep twisting it and do it more and more, uh, eventually you'll kind of crush like the flesh of the mango and it becomes like kind of like like really thick juice like it's like pulpy and then you just pop the top off and you you could like drink it like a little drink then and then by the very end your face is messy your hand is messy and then you're holding like the the big mango seed in your hand and you're just by that point it's such a mess you don't even care you're just kind of eating that yeah so it's it's things like that where every every i mean that's probably not a unique thing but like there are different ways of eating it that have their own little that create their own little memories with each family, yeah. which is kind of cool. Using that segue, let's get into some other early childhood memories from the other guests of this podcast episode, starting with my grandfather. This is my mom's dad. He actually lived in Pakistan pre-partition and post-nationalization once he was in India as a little kid. He talked to me a little bit about his memories of an orchard and a man who used to come and collect the mangoes and sell them around. And when there were a few left over, he was able to grab some for himself and his friends. around seven to eight years. ठेकेदारे my grandfather mentions here that he and his friends used to throw rocks at mangoes to get them down from the trees since they weren't really into climbing up and grabbing them. But climbing mango trees definitely isn't out of the question for a lot of mango-hungry little kids. Were you a mango tree climber as a kid? Oh yes. Uh, again, I remember these again summer holidays I'm talking about. It used to be super hot outside, like in the 40 plus uh, degrees Celsius and, oh, you know, a lot of our cousins, I think some 10 of us, we would spend all afternoon on these mango trees. I think there's a picture uh, we fondly uh, uh, cherish from our childhood days that, uh, that, that has all of us on at different levels of the trees, <laughs> just sitting there, God knows doing what. Maybe we were, so it was more than just uh, plucking mangoes. Or just, it was just more like about, you know, hanging out on the mango tree. 
And mom wasn't the only tree climber in the family. That was my grandmother talking about the Safeda tree in her parents' backyard. She and all the kids of the family used to climb up into the tree and hide, and her mom used to worry that the branches would break. And of course, if a branch breaks, it's not going to grow back as strong as it once was. My nanny also told me a little bit about UP, or Uttar Pradesh, which she says is one of the most iconic mango locations in India. UP is a mango house. It's a house. It's a house. It's a house. It's a there were so many mangoes, they didn't really know where to put them around their house, so they ended up lining them up under their bed on pieces of newspaper. Wow. <laughs> That's right, folks, 128 mangoes for just five rupees. But if you ate too many, your stomach was probably not going to respond super positively. Unfortunately, that's not the only part of the human body that often protests mango consumption. The other thing, of course, uh, that I associate with mangoes from that day is upset stomach. <laughs> so the thing was that if you ate too much mango, then you would, uh, you know, uh, have issues with your tummy, maybe get the runs. And then the other thing that was associated with mangoes was getting pimples. Of course, I was too young at the time to get pimples, but uh, my sisters used to be really conscious of that. Yeah, I get lots of pimples too, so I can relate to that. It is horrible, but you know, some dehi or yogurt kind of helps it sometimes, but usually that's not enough. Arm is considered uh, quote unquote hot, mm -hmm. right? So that's the reason why it's, asso it's associated with pimples, etc. Um, so uh, uh, you don't have too much of it. Yep, zits are a real mango problem, and that's not it. Actually, ये बोलते हैं कि जिनको sugar की problem है, जिनको ये है, वो आम मत खाएं. लेकिन मैं मतलब इसलिए शौक रखता हूँ कि मैं तो सुबह की सैर करके what Nandu is saying here is that people with blood sugar problems shouldn't be eating too many mangoes. But because it's a pretty important part of his daily routine, he tries to get some extra exercise in just so he doesn't spike his sugar when he gets a mango in in the morning. And sometimes it's more than one mango. Well, 
संकेत आए थे एक तो इनके सामने खाया एक उसके पहले मैं खा चुका था और वो जो है वो और वो वो मुझे दोनों मतलब ऐसा लग रहा था ये खराब होने वाले हैं अगर मैं ना खाया तो इन्होंने खराब हो जाए हाँ, वेस्ट नहीं करना हाँ तो वेस्ट नहीं हो इसलिए मैंने वो दूसरा हम भी खा लिया He says here that he had a feeling that these two mangoes that were sitting out were going to go bad at any second and they tasted so good he thought it'd be better to eat them right then rather than let them go to waste. Oh hey, would you look at that? We're just about halfway through. Time for a quick break and then we'll be right back. We've already gone into some childhood memories of mangoes from the guests of this episode, but as you guys know, this podcast talks about intercultural experiences, moving around, opening your mind, experiencing new things. Let's start with someone who moved around a lot in his professional life, my grandfather. Nani worked in the coal mines, which meant that he was transferred from city to city every few years. Let's hear about when he made the move to Bengal with his wife and three kids. So, हमारी फर्स्ट शिफ्टिंग जब हम नेशनलेशन हुआ तो हम प्रसिया में थे और उसके बाद में हमारी शिफ्टिंग ये ईस्टर्न कोल्ड फील्ड लिमिटेड बंगाल में हुई उस वक्त जो है जब हम हुए तो उस वक्त तो ये मतलब जो है दशहरी आना शुरू हो गया था तो दशहरी वाज गुड क्वालिटी और इट वाज अवेलेबल एवरी वेयर और उसके बाद में ये मलियाबादी और एक रामपुर में वो होता है आम वो उसकी भी काफ़ी क्वालिटी मतलब अच्छी थी तो वो जो तुम्हारी मम्मी की मम्मी वो हमको रामपुर से बंद बक्से में मिला करके वो बेचती थी आम हमारी जो सासू जी थी वो हमको गिफ्ट ही भेजती थी ये ये जो है वो बंद करके जो है आप तो गिफ्ट अब वो मेरे पास गिफ्ट आती थी तो उसको हम जो है वो खाते थे मतलब लेते थे एंजॉय करते थे सो नॉट ओनली वर देर ग्रेट वराइटीज गुड क्वालिटी वराइटीज ऑफ मैंगोज अवेलेबल इन बंगाल बट माई ग्रैंड फादर्स मदर इन लॉ यूज टू सेंड हिम पैकेजेज फ्राम रामपुर ऑफ एक्सक्विसिट खोरन खोर इम्पोर्टेड मैंगोज These were things to be shared with others, things to be gifted, things to be sent from state to state so that family members could enjoy them. They were also things to pick up along the way on your travels if you happened to get stuck somewhere. हमको जाना था इंदौर वहाँ में इनके रिलेटिव रहते थे अभी रास्ते पे पहुँचे रास्ते में आ गए पचमढ़ी हिल स्टेशन मैंने बोला सुनो पहले थोड़ा पचमढ़ी दो तीन दिन रह लें वापसी में फिर हमने गेहूँ वगैरह खरीद के लानी है वो बैग रखा होगा कार में वजन होगा मुश्किल होगा पहाड़ों में चढ़ना वहाँ रुक गए दो तीन मिनट बारिश शुरू हो गई उसके बाद हम लोग आगे प्रोसीड नहीं किया The plan was to bring a bunch of stuff back home with them, so my nani thought it would be good if they wanted to stop at the hill station to do so before they got to their final destination. Once the rain started, however, they got stuck there. फिर पंद्रह दिन हम वहीं पर रहे पचमढ़ी में तो वहाँ क्या था मॉर्निंग में जो गांव के लोग थे लेडीज जेंट्स 
वो इतनी बड़ी बड़ी टोकरियाँ मैंगो की जो ऊपर से गिरे होते थे छोटे मैंगो जो चूसने वाले वो लेके निकलते फिर हम देख के उनसे एक टोकरी मैंगो की लेके बाल्टी में भर के रख लेते आसपास कुछ रख लेते खाते जाओ <laughs> The villagers near the hill station would come around with huge baskets full of small mangoes that had fallen from the trees. These are the chosa mangoes, the ones that you suck on. Nani, Nanu, and family acquired a bunch of these fallen mangoes and sat around and ate them. Not really worried too much about the fact that they were stuck for 15 days at this hill station. <laughs> Again, mangoes come into season in the summer months in India, so it's just one of many ways to beat the heat. Because the flavor is so beloved in India, there are lots of different ways that people try to take advantage of this, incorporating it into their food, desserts, and so on and so forth. When mango season happens, everyone knows. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, it's the time of the year where after dinner, Everyone sits around the dinner table for just a little bit longer and eats mangoes in whatever way their family eats mangoes. Which is the coolest thing because everyone's doing the same thing but they do it in different ways. Like some people will cut up mangoes and eat them as like little chunks. Some people will slice them. Some people will eat the mango whole. Um, other people will make lussies, like they'll make, they'll make drinks. <laughs> Here Nani's referring back to the mangoes under the bed. You could tell which ones were ripe, take them out, eat them, especially when it was super hot outside or keep them in the fridge to cool them down so they taste even better. And once they're ripe, you could eat them with ice cream, as a shake, etc. So I remember um, summer meant that the kitchen would actually, we would pretty much fill uh, like the pantry with just mangoes. There was so much, so much variety and so many uh, mangoes that all you had to do during summer months was just go in and you know keep eating how many, how many mangoes you wanted. Uh, and I remember going and uh, into these mango orchards and we would uh, uh, you know just lay out like a picnic setting uh, and you typically fill like a bucket with water and you keep plucking the ripe mangoes and throwing them in there before you know they need to be uh, cooled down a little bit before you eat them and uh, so just like sitting there you know for hours and just enjoying those mangoes and it's just, I think, this is like just when I was very little, like less than 10 years old. And of course, it, the journey continued. I can't remember a, any summer where we didn't have mangoes. We would hang out at the mango tree and wait for the, uh, there was used to be an uh, ice cream guy who would come bring his uh, ice cream cart in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, this was, I still remember I was seven or eight years old and I couldn't wait for that ice cream guy to come. And he would bring my favorite ice cream, which used to be a mango dolly, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. So it had like a vanilla filling inside and a mango uh, covering outside. Oh God, that was like so the most good. delicious thing ever. We got like re-obsessed with those in Hyderabad. Yes. We had like yeah. boxes of them in our yes, freezer. Yes, yeah. Which begs the question, 
there are lots of different ways to eat mangoes, like either through cooking them and making like amras, ampana, mango pickle, whatever. But there's also a lot of products out there. There's mango ice cream, mango juice, um, ampopper, which is like fruit leather. Um, you know, there's mango candy. Do you think there is like, like what is your favorite mango flavored product available? No, it has to be just like ripe mango, just like you cut it and you eat it. I mean, like some people like to even like eat it as a whole, like just peel the and or, or just like suck the juice out. Mm -hmm. uh, I enjoy that too. But, but for me, it's just like, you know, um, uh, one of my favorite mango varieties, like either uh, Alphonse or Himayat or um, uh, Langra or Safeda, you know, these, you just um, uh, peel it, cut it up and then you enjoy it. Oh, I think it's heaven. Uh, it's a cultural thing in Rajasthan as well. Maybe it's not Rajasthani, but at least you know we are Rajasthani, so I, I, I think this is from there. Where uh, they make uh, uh, dishes out of the peels of mangoes too. Mm -hmm. So uh, so we would eat mangoes, and then those peels would be then processed in some manner, and we would actually eat them. Your mom especially was very good at like achar and amra. So can you talk a little bit about how mango finds its way into the kitchen, not just as a fruit? Yes, yes. Um, well, you know, it is as a fruit, but it, as an ingredient mm. in various things. Yeah. So the raw mangoes are used for various things. Um, and uh, the most common is making achar. Achar is mango pickle. And that's made in various different ways. Uh, and every family has their own little recipe. My nanny is particularly fond of making achar, so let's hear how she does it. उसनो अचार के आम ना अलग मिलते हैं अच्छा खाने के आम से नहीं बनाते वो आम थोड़े बाद में आते हैं ओके वो उतने भी खट्टे मीठे नहीं होते To start you of course need some mangoes but these mangoes come a little bit later in the season they're not the same ones that you eat once you have your mangoes in hand you're ready for the next step पहले उसके पीस बड़ा जो कटर होता है उसके पीसेस छोटे-छोटे करो जितने बड़े आपको पसंद हैं then you have to chop it up into little pieces or as big as you want. Add some salt and some turmeric and leave them overnight so they can release the water that they're holding. Okay, next day, some masala, oil, some lekar, dalye usko upar, tegel garam kariye, upar dalye, mila dije. Next day, you're ready to add your spice mixture and heat up some oil and pour it over everything. Nowadays, you can also use vinegar to preserve your pickle. What Nani's saying towards the end is that if you don't have enough oil or enough vinegar covering your pickle, it's going to go bad pretty fast. So my mom used to make uh, mango pickle uh, and uh, it was just fantastic and my, you know, typically when they make mango pickle what happens is they, when they chop it up, a part of the seed remains in there. So, and then, so when you're eating the pickle, you have to literally bite off the flesh and the skin from, from there and leaving that, that little part of the seed behind and people love it, they suck on it, etc. As a kid, I used to hate that. So my thing was, I want to have the achar, but I don't want that particular thing. So that, that thing I remember fondly. 
Um, the other thing is uh, they uh, made something called ampana. Ampana again is made of raw mangoes and uh, it, it's, a, it's a juice that's green in color. And uh, it's made in different ways, but typically it's kind of sweet and sour. Uh, and it's it's very popular during the uh, during the summer. Now with the uh, ripe mangoes, uh, we make something called amras. And amras again in our families, each family had their own recipe. And I remember my uncle Jagat uncle who passed away quite young. He was famous for his amras, and he would put in all kinds of stuff: cardamom, this, that, various spices the right amount of milk, the right, right amount of honey, and the proportions were very specific, you know, the viscosity of it, etc. All of those things were carefully considered. And Amras was the ultimate drink when you were a kid, even when you're an adult. What's interesting is not just the process of making it, it's how it's consumed. One, of course, is you take a small glass and you drink because, you know, Am is considered, uh, quote-unquote, hot. Mm -hmm. Right, so that's the reason why it's, it's associated with pimples, etc. So uh, uh, you don't have too much of it, right? But in this case, you know, since they put milk in it, that kind of uh, you know cuts down on the heat. Yeah. But uh, so you drink amras like that. The other way, and my favorite way of having amras was with food. Now, even with food, you can do it two ways. One is you have amras and puri. Puri is the fried, uh, you know, bread that we have, right? So you can have amras and puri, and it's just divine. So good. Yeah. In fact, that is a part of, uh, you know, that particular taste combination of sweet and sour is also used in many other kind of traditional meals. For example, in Navratri, the ninth day, they make uh, kalachana, which is these uh, chickpeas, the black, that black chickpeas. Uh, they are made and you have halwa which is a sweet and you eat both of those along with aloo ki sabji which is a potato curry and puri so that whole combination of sweet and sour is fantastic so even with amras having it with puri is just fantastic and the other thing which my father absolutely loved was having amras with rice yeah that's what I remember in Delhi and just absolutely amazing now, that was my experience growing up and I always, it, I, making amras was a big, big deal because we were not a wealthy family. And so having all the ingredients and getting the right mangoes, you have to write, have the right amount of sweetness, etc. was super important. Then when we shifted to Thailand, mangoes were consumed in slightly different ways as well. Uh, on the street, there were many vendors who would sell raw mangoes and in front of you, they would chop them up and put the slices into a plastic bag and then they would put in uh, some spices which is basically a combination of sugar and red chilies and some salt etc in there and give you a little stick uh, to eat this thing and by the way as I'm talking about it my mouth is watering yeah those are always a little bit on the sour side too usually right on the streets yeah so they're on the sour side and then these these various uh, uh, you know condiments that they put on it help you uh, uh, balance the taste. Mm. Very, very popular when I was uh, growing up. Uh, and then the other way mangoes consumed in Thailand is along with sticky rice. So that's, I liken that to amras and rice. Mm. So with sticky rice, you get these slices of mangoes and you have a bit of mango and the sticky rice is actually, um, you know, covered typically with some coconut milk. So the combination of all of these things, you know, coconut milk is, you know, kind of sweet, but kind of sour also, uh, often 
uh, and the as is the rice and then the mango sweet so the, that combination is just uh, is just fantastic for the benefit of our listeners you might have noticed my dad was using the phrases raw and ripe mango so in hindi actually the word for raw and the word for unripe are the same so if i had like uncooked meat and i had like an unripe you know mango i would use the same adjective kacha for that and i think it's interesting you said like I think when mangoes are raw or unripe, they're considered a cooling food, right? Like they don't heat up your body. And as they get riper and riper, it's like they heat up. So it's almost like they're naturally getting cooked, um, which makes that whole raw to ripe and unripe to ripe kind of analogy work. Yeah, that's actually a very interesting, uh, uh, you know, point that you made. Um, and uh, something that, that people might not know about is that uh, typically when mangoes are picked, they are not of the color that you buy in the uh, supermarket. Mm. Uh, so they go through a process. And, uh, you know, our family is not exceptionally good at this process, but you have to pick the mangoes and you have to uh, kind of age them uh, in some straw, etc. And there's a process of rotating them so each one gets aged appropriately. So then they go from the full-size green uh, skinned mangoes to the orange or yellowish color, whatever it is. Sometimes uh, they are red. Uh, and that itself is an art as well. Of course, a lot of what we're discussing is about eating mangoes in India or in places where mangoes are pretty abundant. But what about when you're in places where you can't get a mango so readily? When you left India and you were in other parts of the world, did you really, really miss mangoes? How did you kind of fill that gap in your life? So believe it or not, in U.S., uh, in a particular season, we were able to get Mexican mangoes, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you, we would uh, go crazy whenever those mangoes arrived. And there was just one or two varieties, but that was enough too. I mean, every Indian has, has a mango connection. It's uh, super important in our lives. When we were in the U.S., I used to really crave mangoes. And uh, I went to U.S. at a very young age. Uh, and at that time, mangoes were not popular. You would get them occasionally, these mangoes, either from Mexico or from Hawaii. Uh, but I never really liked them. And first of all, they were super expensive. And then the taste was not quite what I was used to. But, you know, after I got married, we used to often go and try to buy mangoes. We used to buy mango pulp sometimes. And Alfonso pulp was sold in uh, tin cans. And I started making these mango pies that I think uh, uh, our whole family started enjoying a lot. I think that's how you started compensating for what was not there, right? Uh, uh, but, but, yeah, that was definitely, I think, summertime in U.S., the uh, the amount of mango and the abundance of mango in India, you can't just match it. Um, well, I guess looking back, my first memory would be back when we used to live in Portland and Mama used to make her famous mango pie. Mm. That I remember. And that I actually recall as being one of my like childhood favorite foods, which sadly we never got to eat once we moved out of the U.S. Because... I don't know, I guess we had a lack of pie-making materials in India for some reason. There's a lack of Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Was that really what it was? <laughs> I think I think it was Cool Whip. Also, like, pie crusts aren't really a thing. Like, we didn't make the pie mm. crust. It was just the filling. Also, a lack of a working oven. Yes. Which we had for until 2018 or something. <laughs> yes. Yes. But what was amazing was when uh, George Bush Jr. became the president, 
you know, he actually uh, allowed the import of Alfonso mangoes from India because he absolutely loved them. And so that was kind of like the... The game changer. The game changer and that underscored the importance of this amazing fruit. Yeah. Uh, that, that's there. Nanu mentions that Indian stores started carrying mangoes after a while, and it was usually the Dasari variety. And even though they were pretty expensive, they still made an effort to bring them home. Yeah. Especially Asian markets would carry some variety, mm -hmm. but um, nothing like what you can um, get, get, I mean, from uh, abundance perspective and the variety perspective in India. Right. Uh, everybody claims their mango, their regional mango is the best mango, but then you uh, see that, you know, it, it's different in different places and it, 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 each variety is so delicious. Um, so I do have a few favorites, but yeah, I mean, I, I crave mangoes all the time and I, I you know when the mangoes season comes I'm you know I, I start pre-ordering to make sure you know our, our household has enough mangoes and mind you we have two mango trees yes at our house but we still get them because it takes a while for them to reach ripeness they get they get ripe a little late yeah. in the season and, and you know, this is a very interesting thing to mention and this year especially I think we we've been blessed with uh, these a uh, lot of mangoes uh, because you don't get the same uh, bumper crop every year but this year we have both the trees are loaded with mangoes and believe it or not it's not necessarily just you know uh, whether you eat them or not but just looking at them they're pretty <laughs> they're pretty and uh, they uh, you know it's a um, uh, I think it reminds you uh, or gives you that feeling of abundance and it gives you a feeling of uh, remembering your childhood days where you would see these trees loaded with mangoes yeah so it's both uh, uh, I don't think we are going to eat that many mangoes that are. They will probably distribute it or we make uh, the mango pickle and do all kinds of things. But just, you know, a tree loaded with mangoes brings a lot of good memories. It's uh, a refreshing, joyous yes. sight. In fact, it's interesting you talk about that because the mango shape is very distinctive and has found its way into a lot of traditional Indian art. I remember even in the U.S. we had this like collapsible wooden bowl that was in the shape of a mango and when people do mandi, which is also known as henna, that's like a very common motif. Um, it's a very common print, like you know when you're doing block printing or you're doing embroidery. Um, it's very distinctive and I think it's because it's such an emotional uh, shape, something that's very integral to the Indian mm -hmm. identity. Even if you watch mango juice commercials there is always this imagery of just getting it all over you yeah and that is something that is considered very positive extreme <laughs> like, joy around that like yeah. you have to become one with the mango sort of there's this guy named Virdas, who i know you're very familiar with i'm love, very familiar with love Virdas. really funny and um like this whole concept of mangoes being a very like indian phenomena like mango season and everything that really hit me until I saw in one of his uh, specials on Netflix. I think uh, he talked about how much people like mangoes mm -hmm. and how people can have like entire conversations about mangoes. And <laughs> probably the fun, the funniest bit I realize if you're listening by some miracle. Uh, I apologize for just blatantly telling the same joke. I went to your show before lockdown. It was amazing. Yeah, I'm super jealous that I missed that. Um, but he said that like it's entirely normal for like groups of like grown men to be sitting in, in a circle 
fighting over who gets to eat the mango seed. Yeah. Like, like, no, 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 dude, I get it, I get it, it's just for me, it's for me. Which I just thought was a kind of like, it's like um, a little childlike spark that's very fun to see. And people take very seriously, but also have a lot of fun with it. For the benefit of our listeners, if you are wondering what fighting over the mango seed means, if you've ever eaten a mango, you've probably noticed that the seed is about 50% of the mango's <laughs> mass. Um, and because it is so large, and I guess just because of the texture of mango, a lot of that you know mango flesh gets stuck to the seed. Um, and the result is when you cut it up, you basically have this like... A little you know personalized mango covered you know thing that you mm-hmm. can just kind of you know eat around suck on and it's like right. yeah like it's solid you can yeah. it doesn't disappear when you're done it's kind of like a popsicle or something exactly like that. It's, a, it's a popsicle without a stick so it gets super messy but it's so much fun it is great and i, I used to be very obsessed as a kid um now i think we just I think it usually goes to Nanu. Nanu really likes the mangoes. I don't even see it sometimes. It's already been consumed or claimed. But yeah, that's also a huge part of mango traditions. Of course, the taste is there. Um, and it's loaded with a lot of uh, good nutrients. Uh, so uh, so it's not like you don't feel like you're eating something bad, right? It's, it's a delicious fruit. And yet it has its, um, uh, you know, it's... Uh, advantages and benefits right it's like a special treat especially because it's not like i think there are some fruits you can get year-round but mangoes are something that like i feel like if you're trying to eat a mango in october in india you know it's going to be bad like you're you have to wait for the season because then you've kind of earned it and you know it's going to be good and you also, I think everyone has their own kind of places where they start to look for mangoes. And we're so lucky to have the trees in our backyard so we can, I think we know when it's starting. And even around our neighborhood, I've noticed, like once you know what a mango tree looks like, you can identify one anywhere. And you're just kind of waiting for those little peas to start popping up mm-hmm. um, because you know they're going to turn into something really, really yummy. And with that, we come to the end of this very eclectic episode of No Talking At All. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed putting it together. And if you're liking our episodes so far, please give us a follow so you can be updated when new episodes come out. No Talking At All is produced by Apiksha Atal, aka myself. And our theme music is by Kai Roberts, who you can check out on Instagram at Kai Roberts Music. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time.